0: Second Kings chapter number two and without doing repeating of this morning, preaching on Elijah, leaving that double portion to Elijah, the young servant of the Lord. And our theme this year is more and twenty four. We're using that theme verse in Hebrews ten twenty five, exhorting one another, not less of and not just more, but so much the more. As we see the day approaching. And how many believe tonight. We need to see God do more in 24. I mean how many feel like I do. I need to do more in 24. And we've been looking at some things. We want more of. We looked at more anointing. And we preached on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. More of the anointing of God in our life. And this morning we came to this part. In the life of Elijah. As he's passing the mantle to Elijah, the young servant, been preaching on more blessings, more blessings. Jabez said, Lord, enlarge my coast. And God did it for him. Jacob of old wrestled with the Lord and said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And again, I want to quote this verse from Corinthians. The eye has not seen and the ear has not heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. And that verse is not talking about heaven, it's talking about the Spirit-filled life now. Because the very next verse says, but the Holy Spirit hath revealed them unto us. I want to quote again what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 6 and also in Luke chapter number 11. If you be in evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask Him? I don't believe tonight there's no boundaries, borders, or limits to what God can do. And I've zeroed in today on this transition from Elijah to Elijah when he asked for the double portion. Let's just read the text again in verse number 9. And I'm going to take a few moments and emphasize what that double portion means and where it came from. Chapter number 2 of 2 Kings verse 9, And it came to pass when they were gone over, that Elijah said to Elijah, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion, portion of thy spirit be upon me and of course we found out this morning when Elijah was taken into heaven that mantle fell and that young man got the mantle but he got more than the mantle he got the God of the mantle and God gave him a double portion of the spirit that was on Elijah And I don't think it takes a rocket science to figure out that the spirit that was on Elijah wasn't an evil spirit. It wasn't the spirit of lust or materialism. It wasn't a demonic spirit. But honey, that spirit on Elijah was the spirit of God. And by the way, that's what separated those prophets and priests of God from the false prophets of false religion. It was the spirit of God that made the difference. And again, I want to emphasize, it's the Spirit of God that separates the church from any other humanitarian group or civic organization. You take the Holy Spirit away from the church, we're nothing but a religious entertainment center. You take the breath and the unction of the Holy Ghost off of the church and all you got is another religious racket. But I'm glad through the power of the Holy Spirit And again, it is our birthright as children of God not to be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And so this young man looking to this old man asking for a double portion is a wonderful Old Testament picture of the Spirit-filled life. Now we're going to look, we look this morning at the path that he had to trod. There were some steps that he had to go through to get to this place of Jordan where he received the mantle. After he walked the path to Gilgal, Calvary, after he got to Bethel, the house of God, when he got to Jericho where he slew the enemy and shattered down the walls, he got the Jordan and got his double portion. And you can't bypass any one of those and be filled with the Spirit. God's never filled anybody with a spirit that didn't crucify the flesh. God's never filled anybody that didn't have a relationship with the house of God. And I promise you tonight, God's never filled anybody with a spirit that He has not washed in the blood of His Son, the Lamb of God. And I'm glad for that path that He had to trod. There are a couple others I want to give you tonight and zero in on one of them. Secondly, and we'll look at a moment, there's the path that he tried. Then that was the prayer that he had to pray. And that prayer was simple. Give me a double portion of thy spirit. And in a moment, we're going to look at that prayer. Then that was a plan that he had to follow. He said, son, you got to stay with me. You got to be faithful. You got to be obedient. And when he was faithful, when he was obedient, he got his blessing. And then there's the power that he received. He got the double portion. He got the mantle. He got the blessing. But then the proof was in the pudding. God gave him exactly what he asked for. And I believe tonight that God is in the business of granting you and I the desires of our heart, especially when those desires co-inspire the will of God. I don't believe God has ever refused his anointing, his power, his blessing, his breath, his kiss on someone who really wanted to serve God with all their heart and all their might and all their soul. I don't believe God answers our prayer that we might build a kingdom, fulfill our own fleshly desires, float our own boat, run our own life. But I believe when our desires line up with the will of God for our life and we're going to use those answered prayers to honor God with our life, I believe tonight God is eager to answer those prayers. I want to come back tonight and take just about 10 or 15 minutes and I want to emphasize this double portion. Now, I've read this passage my whole life. Uh, The song, that little theme song we sang, Give Me a Little Double Portion. I've been hearing that song probably nine months before I was born. And I've literally preached from the life of Elijah before on this double portion. But this week in my studies, it hit me. Where did that thought come from? Or what gave Elijah the desire to have a double portion? I don't believe it's something he just thought up out of the clear blue. There had to be a premise on which he based that prayer. Give me a double portion. So I do what all faithful Bible students got to do. You just ransack the scripture and you try to find where it's mentioned for the first time. And don't turn there because we'll get bogged down. But the first time you read the phrase double portion is in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 17. In Deuteronomy 21 verse 17, that's the first time in the Bible that you'll find the phrase a double portion. Now remember the law or the principle of first mention. When you read it for the first time in the Bible, it's big. And it sets the stage every time it's mentioned after that. It has a particular meaning. So where is it mentioned in 21 of Deuteronomy? What is the whole premise of a double portion? I'm going to tell you when I found this out, I like to knock the back end of my choir robe out. Deuteronomy twenty one deals with the Father as he begins to divide his inheritance among his children. And if he had a son and the firstborn son, he was to give the firstborn a double portion of the inheritance because he would become the king or the priesthood or the royal lineage of the family. Now, we know that was a time in the Old Testament when men, some men, were bold enough, brave enough, or dumb enough to have two wives. Something tells me I don't need to deal with that much. But some of you fellows look at me tonight without her seeing you. Can you imagine two of them. I'll tell you one, the way the, some of these ladies is looking at me, you can't imagine two of them. How many believe tonight that's what psychiatrists are for? For anybody tangled up with two of any kind. But Deuteronomy even tells us that if a man had two wives and he had two sons by both of those wives, even both of them may have been the firstborn of that particular relationship. Both of them got a double portion. Whether it was from your beloved wife or your second-in-command wife. How many believe Jesus was talking about that when he said a man can't serve two masters? It makes me think about Brother Larry Brown when those GPS's. How many remember the Garmin that first came out? And Larry called me one day. I said, how you doing, buddy? He said, man, my daughter gave me a GPS for Father's Day. And I said, well, how do you like it? He said, now i got two women telling me where to turn one from South Carolina and one from England, wherever that lady's from. But if no matter if he had sons by one wife or the other, if he had two sons by both, he had to always honor that firstborn son by giving him a double portion. As he was dividing the inheritance, the firstborn, Born, got a double portion. That firstborn got something special. He got the coat of many colors. He got the signet ring of the father. He got the reed, the wheel of the father. And all the other children had to go through him to get their inheritance. You say, now what in the world has that got to do with us? Well, have you ever read in the New Testament what the church, the body of Christ, the New Testament believer is called? We're called the church of the firstborn. The church, the believer, the New Testament Christian is called the church of the firstborn. Because all through the Old Testament, no matter what the religious rituals were, the first and the only people to be born of the Holy Spirit, called the new birth, regeneration, washed in the blood, Trusted Christ as Savior. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Born and regenerated by the power of God. I mean, Adam didn't get that. Abraham didn't get that. Noah didn't get that. Elijah didn't even get that. The first people ever to experience... Holy Spirit, regeneration through the blood of Christ was that first 3,000 that got saved on the day of Pentecost. And if you have been saved since the day of Pentecost, and if you're in this building tonight, you're saved. It's been since Pentecost. Keeping the law didn't save you. Going through religious ritual didn't save you. But believing the blood and trust in Christ and being born again of the Holy Spirit, you are the church of the firstborn. So therefore God has, well, glory, given the New Testament believer, the church of the firstborn, a double portion. Wow. I got the best robe. What in the world is that? The righteousness of Jesus Christ. I got the signet ring. What is that? Eternal life. Never to die without God and go to hell. And guess who's sitting at the table of the Lord You find it all in Luke 15 in the story of that prodigal. That's what made the elder brother in Luke 15 so mad at the younger brother. Because that elder brother thought, I'm the one that ought to get the robe. I'm the one that ought to get the ring. I'm the one that ought to get the table. But the one who humbly bowed before the father... And ask for forgiveness. He's the one that got the robe. He's the one that got the ring, and he's the one that got to go to the table. How many remember when you was in the hog pen and God convicted you of your sin, and you realized you couldn't save yourself, and you arose at a hog pen and you knelt before the Father. And said I'm a sinner. On my way to hell. But I want to be forgiven. And I'm trusting the blood of Jesus Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit. To born me again. And the new birth took place. And you became a child of God. The church of the Firstborn. Now you've got the robe. The righteousness of Jesus Christ. You've got the ring of eternal life. You've been made to sit together. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Because the church is the firstborn and we have been blessed with the double portion. You say, now what in the world could the double portion of a child of God be? Well, I'm glad you asked that. How many believe that when you trusted Christ as your Savior, from that moment, the blood of Jesus forgave you of every sin? And how many believe because of the blood of Jesus has forgiven you of your sin. You're not going to go to hell when you die. And the wrath of God does not abide upon you. But you have a home in heaven forever. Now can I just stop and clear me off a piece of ground and say. If that is. Well glory. If. If that was all God ever done for any of us. Forgive us of all of our sins. Keep us from hell. Take us to heaven when we die. If that's all God had ever done for any of us. I believe we'd still have to stand and sing. Jesus, I love you. I mean, think about it. If all God ever did for you is forgive you of all of your stinking sins. Keep you from going to hell when you leave this world. And on top of that, have you a home in heaven forever. Can I just say with a country song, boys, it don't get no better than that. If that's all God had done for us, that would be awesome. Can you think of anything better than not going to hell? Other than the fact you get to go to heaven. And that's what God has done for every believer. He has saved you, forgiven you, and cleansed you, and made you heaven-bound and hell-proof. Amen, if that's all He ever did. But it's more than that. You say, how much more than that? A whole lot more. Because when you trusted Christ as Savior, when you believed the gospel and was born again and the blood of Jesus washed your sins away and God gave you a home in heaven, something else happened. You say, well, what else happened when the blood of Jesus washed your sins out Someone called the Holy Spirit came in and took up his abode. Therefore the Bible said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For his Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. He that hath not the Spirit of Christ is none of his. So when the Holy Spirit moved out, when sin was washed out, well, glory, He sealed you under the day of redemption. He birthed you into God's family. He bears witness with your spirit. He leads, He guides, He comforts, He blesses, He anoints, He protects. Now, getting washed in the blood is all you need to go to heaven when you die. But to live right on this earth till you get to heaven, you need somebody living in you to help you and aid you to do that. And guess who that is? The Holy Spirit. So when you got saved, God saved you from hell, gave you a home in heaven. But he did more than that. The Holy Spirit moved in and gave you the ability to live for God and serve God on your way to heaven until you get to heaven. That's the double portion. That's the extras along the journey. The prodigal got more than forgiveness from the hog pen. He got the favor of the Father. And when you trust Christ as your Savior, yes, the blood of Jesus washes your sins away. But at the same moment, the Holy Spirit comes in and seals that transaction to the day of redemption. So not only has the blood of Jesus Christ forgiven you of your sin, but the Holy Spirit now lives where sin used to live and gives you the ability to be a Christian and be Christ-like and live in heaven on your way to heaven through the power of the Holy Spirit. And boy, then it hit me. You remember that great hymn of the faith? Rock of ages, cliff for me. Man, we can quote that. Let me hide myself in thee. Can you give me the last line? Be of sin the double cure. Now, what in the world does that mean? Be of sin the double cure. Well, he explains it in the next line of the psalm. Save from wrath and make me pure. When the blood of Jesus Christ washed your sins away, He saved you from wrath to come. But when the Holy Ghost moves in and regeneration will glory. You're not only saved from wrath to come, but you have the ability to live a pure life on your way to heaven. That's the double cure. Watch this. John 14, Jesus said, I'm going away. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to pray the Father and He's going to send you a comforter. Talking about the Holy Spirit. And this comforter is going to lead and guide and abide with you forever. That little word comforter is a Greek word, parakletos. And it simply means one that's called along someone's side to aid in the time of trouble. So God said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to send this paraclete. I'm going to send this troubleshooter. I'm going to send this bridge builder. I'm going to send this comforter, the Holy Ghost. And he's going to live with you on this earth. On your way to heaven. But when you come to 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. It tells us that we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And that same word translated advocate in 1 John. Is the same word translated comforter in the gospel of John. Paracletos, bridge builder, troubleshooter, case handler, one called along your side to aid in the time of trouble. It can be translated comforter or it can be translated advocate. And you say, well, Brother Joe, that's a discrepancy because John said in his gospel, the Holy Spirit would be that. But yet, the same writer in First John says, "Jesus Christ is going to be that." That must be a discrepancy. No, it's the double portion. It's the double coverage. It's the save from wrath. make me pure. You see, the fact is, I have two bridge builders, two case handlers. Two problem solvers. Two go-betweens. One in heaven at the right hand of the Father, Jesus. And one in here called the Holy Spirit. Double coverage. The double cure. The one at the right hand of the Father saved me from hell. And the one that lives in my heart gives me a little heaven to go to heaven in. The one in heaven says I'm saved. And the one in my heart lets me enjoy that I am saved. The one that in heaven saved me from the wrath to come when he died at Calvary. But the Holy Spirit comforter that lives in my heart gives me the ability to live the Christian life like I have been pured, like I have been saved on my way to heaven. That's not a contradiction. That's the double portion. That's the double coverage. That's like, wow. Well, glory. And then it hit me. And man, it opened up like a river. That moment, I trusted Christ. The blood forgave me of all my sins. And I got regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And I became the firstborn through the Holy Ghost birth child of the King. And I got me a double portion. The blood of Jesus Christ that justified me. And the Holy Spirit of Christ that sanctifies me. And let me just throw this in. You wait till my justification and my sanctification catch up. And brother, I'll enter into a third rim called glorification. And I guess that's what you call a triple portion. All of this and heaven too. Now let me tie it up. Elijah. He is not the physical blood son of Elijah. As far as we know, Elijah didn't get married. Elijah didn't have any fleshly born sons. But there's about 500 young prophets scattered from Gilgal to Jordan that God raised up under the ministry of Elijah. And they're called the sons of the prophets. Out of all them 500 plus sons of the prophets, hmm, there was one that wanted something. There was one that was desiring something. When 499 of them were playing around in the wading pool, there was one of them that dived over in the deep pond. And his name is Elijah. Now, he knows that he's not the blood birth son of Elijah. But evidently, that old boy knows his Levitical law. He also knows that if that father, Will Glory, adopts a son whose father has been killed in the battle. Let's say this man goes out of the battle and he's killed, he's killed in battle and he leaves a son. Someone can love that son and choose that son and adopt that son. Hold on to that little word, adopt that son. And so to make sure that boy was treated right, you know what he got as the adopted son, no matter the order of his birth? He got a double portion just like the firstborn. The father couldn't put him out and give him a little. Even though he was adopted, he got a double portion. Just like he was born by birth and blood. Well, I guess I need to make an application. Not only when we got saved, we got generated by the Holy Spirit. And we're called the church of the firstborn. But our blood father, Adam, fell, contaminated, and is about to send us all to hell. But our elder brother, our great high priest, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, loved us, chose us, saved us, had adopted us. Mm. And because of that, I get a double portion. Well, glory. Elijah's tacking on that old man Elijah. Elijah said, Boy, what do you want? He said, Well, you adopt me. I know I'm not your birth son. I know I'm not your blood son. But if you will favor me, if you will choose me, if you will claim me as yours and adopt me as your son, I have a double portion. And I don't want a double portion of your money. I don't want a double portion of your houses and lands. I don't want a double portion of your material things. That Spirit of God that's upon you. That power, that breath, that unction is upon you. That's what I want you to leave me in your will. And I want a double portion of it. Well, Glory. And guess what he got? He got a double portion. Because if you study the life of Elijah, he lived twice longer than Elijah. He appeared before twice as many kings. Listen to this. He performed twice the miracles. Everything that Elijah did, God let that boy that got the double portion do that and twice as much. And do you remember right before Jesus left, he's talking about when the Holy Ghost comes. And he said to them disciples, he said, you think what I've done is wonderful? He said, you're going to do greater works than these can I ask you this in closing tonight? What could be greater than healing the sick and raising the dead and feeding the hungry? I'll tell you what can be greater than that? Preaching the message of salvation. And a man or a woman or a boy and girl that's bound for hell believes the gospel and gets saved. And they go to heaven when they die. That's better than feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. Because that's making an eternal difference in their life. So let me say it like this tonight. He got more than a mantle, he got the master. He got more than an office, he got an outpouring. He got more than a position, he got the power. He got more than a title, he got the touch. He got more than just everybody saying, "Wow, look at him." He got something that he could say, "No." Look at him. I just believe that God is able to double portion a child of God in 2024. And God can let us do and see great And mighty things. What do you think Jeremiah meant when he said, chapter 33 and verse 3 through the mouthpiece of God, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not? I guess I could say it like this if you'll let God have His way in your life, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You ain't seen nothing yet. How I many has enjoyed being saved? You enjoyed being a Christian. You enjoyed your Christian life. We ain't scratched the surface of what God is able to do. Get your double portion. As a firstborn adopted son of God by the Holy Spirit and the blood of Christ claim your double portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's stand together. Father, we love you tonight.